Hi, friends. Welcome to another episode of That Sounds Fun. I'm your host, Annie F. Downs. So happy to be here with you today. Welcome to May. It's a brand new month. The music in the background is from our good buddy, Mr. Torn Wells. Make sure you grab a copy of his new album, Citizen of Heaven. So at this point, you have probably heard me rave about my favorite meal planning website, Prep Dish. And today I want to share with you a brand new free resource they've pulled together in light of the current situation going on with coronavirus. It's a free meal plan using only items from your pantry and freezer. How brilliant is that? If you've been struggling with meals, especially with grocery stores being unreliable, this plan will help. There's a lot of tasty recipes like paprika roast chicken with roasted Brussels sprouts and seasoned rice, a veggie bean soup. Y'all know I love soup. And some yummy almond butter bites to snack on and plenty of ideas for substitutions. So if you need some meal ideas and inspirations, head to prepdish.com slash pantry and you can download this awesome meal plan absolutely free. Again, that's prepdish.com slash pantry to instantly download your free pantry and freezer meal plan. I think that's really cool. Hey, it is the week of Mother's Day, and that means a lot of different things for a lot of different people. I love getting to celebrate my mom, but for all of us, there is joy and sadness probably around holidays like this. And so this week, I'm bringing on two of my very favorite moms and talking all about Mother's Day and their lives and what they are working on and what a gift these two friends are to me. So today, we start with my friend Lindsay Wheeler, who runs Bottle of Tears. Lindsay is married and adoptive mom and also lives with chronic disease. And so there is joy and sadness in their life. And what she does with Bottle of Tears is just incredible to meet people in their sadness and in their time of need. So I think you're going to love this conversation with one of my favorite moms and one of my favorite friends, Lindsay Wheeler. Hey, Lindsay. Hi. Wait, we just barely started, and I started to say something that I thought, no, 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 I want to say this to Lindsay and hear her response. <laughs> I have switched in the days of coronavirus 2020 to a like really committed to a day planner that I write by hand. How do you keep up with your life? Oh, Annie, <laughs> that's, that's <laughs> a funny question. You know, I don't really, I don't do a great job at that, Annie. <laughs> So really, I'm really proud of you because Thank my you. looks so different every single day that I can't really plan things that easily. Does sure. That yeah. 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 How do you keep your to-do list? Like, how do you, where do you keep your grocery list? Just in my phone, you know? Okay. So yeah. do you have like an app you use or do you just use notes? I just use notes. And then I, I just use the Google calendar and yeah. my husband does too. And he loves a Google calendar. Really? The greatest thing. Tell me some, I mean, your husband is hysterical. Tell me some stuff he puts on the Google calendar that you're like, not necessary. Well, I mean, everything. He literally puts everything on there. <laughs> like, he's going <laughs> to drive to go get lunch. I'll put that on there. And he puts things on there after he's done them so that he can feel accomplished, which uh-huh. i that with a checklist for sure. That's hysterical. So he'll be like, oh, I, I, I read through all the mail in my inbox and then he'll go back and add it to the calendar as he had done it. Oh yeah. And he's, he started kind of a new career in the last probably eight months. So he is literally learning like technology left and right. And that Uh has been in ministry for 20 years. So it is hilarious for me to hear him because in the quarantine, he gets to have his office in our bathroom in our apartment. So I (laughs) watched him become like a different person because I can hear everything because he's you can hear everything I saw a meme like that where a girl said I didn't realize my husband was the quote let's take this offline close quote kind of guy because she never listened to him run his business totally and as you know you know Chris he is hilarious and so he's working with all these clients and he has a green screen behind him and so right. different backgrounds just to pretend that he's in some like really exotic place. <laughs> Is that why you have the green curtain up? Oh yeah. He has a full oh, on green God. screen. We can't even use that bathroom. So we have one bathroom right now. Oh, Lindsay. But he'll tell them like, I'm in the conservatory. Just it's around the room from our atrium, you know, and he'll just make it. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Okay. I want us to back up a little bit yeah. uh, and tell people who you are because I'm 
every year I'm super intentional about who we talk to on Mother's Day week and who we talk to on Father's Day week. Like we, we pay attention to that and you're one of my favorite moms and you also run a really important company called Bottle of Tears that I think some people will find really, really helpful this year on Mother's Day. So that's why you're here, but, and you're my friend, Mm -hmm. will you back us up? Who are you and Chris? Like, how did y'all meet? Where are you from? How'd you get to Nashville? Okay. So Chris and I, we met after college. We ended up moving both of us. It is long story short. We ended up in a little town in Texas called Cleburne, Texas. Along with name drop some other people who lived in Cleburne at the time. So we got brought on to this church, Cleburne Bible Church, by my best friend of life, Brooke Warnock, her sister, her older sister, Jenny Allen. I'm sure some of Jenny Allen, who everyone knows. Yes. No, Jenny, I remember Jenny coming to me at the end of my senior year in college and being like, Lindsay, you have got to come and, you know, work the girl side of the youth group. And she, you know how Jenny is. She is a motivator. You're like, oh, and she made Cleburne sound like it was going to be like Disney World. Like, yes, come. It's going to be amazing. There's going to be revival, you know, just. And I remember telling my parents, okay, like, I think maybe I'm going to be moving to Cleburne, Texas to work with Jenny and Zach Allen. And they're like, wait, what's in Cleburne? And I'm like, I don't know. Uh, Jenny said it was going to be amazing. So right, right. So we ended up moving there. And then also one of our other dear friends, Jet Barrett, was living in Cleburne too at the time. Yes. Who everybody knows from when she was on the show last year talking about Camp Well. Well, yeah, Camp Well is one of my favorite things in the world. So Chris um, got brought on to staff there too. And he was working kind of the guy's side of the youth group. Did y'all know each other at all at that point? We didn't. We'd heard of each other. And immediately, Jenny, you know, it was her mission. Like, y'all are going to get married. And I, Oh, really? Oh, oh, yes. Like, immediately. And I remember thinking, well, God wouldn't do that to me. He's smaller than me. Like, there's no way. Oh, wow. And just as a, you know, joke. And yeah. the first week I met Chris, he sat down with me and he was like, Lindsay, I am really excited to become your friend, but I just want you to know we're just going to be friends. Like, this is it. So people are going to be talking, but we're just friends. And I remember going to Jenny and saying, well, I got rejected from him and we are, I don't even know him. So, okay. But also you got it. I mean, I got it. Michael Todd was just on the show last week talking about relationships and there is like some real respect for a young man 15 years ago being that intentional to to tell you his motivations. He was so worried. Like he wanted to do, he was in a season of his life where he wanted to do everything right. And he wanted to be godly and above reproach. And he didn't want to give me any, you know, like, yeah, he didn't want to make me wonder, like, did it change how how you behaved around him? No, I mean, I think literally we became best friends, Annie. Like it was Uh, the easiest friendship in the whole world. We spent like, all day together, Zach Allen, Jenny's husband, he led Chris and I, so he was our boss. And yeah. the three of us were like inseparable. And we went to restaurants for lunches. And at night, there was no one else to hang out with in Cleburne because there just there wasn't. So Chris and I would hang out at Walmart or hang out at the spot, which was the place that the youth group would hang out at. And uh, just okay. be friends. Okay. And you, were you having other feelings in your heart? Were you like, well, sorry. He said, he said, we aren't doing this. Yeah. Well, I think around Valentine's day that year, Tony Warnock, who I think y'all, have you talked about Tony? And no, they're, Valley? yes, they're coming. Lost Valley Ranch, Brooke Warnock that you just mentioned, her husband's name is Tony. Yeah. It's so weird how it's all connected, <laughs> but it's all connected. Your life is one of the most, God has connected you with the same people and yeah. New, it, it, I'm not phrasing this well, but your life is a story of connection, 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 connection. And so Tony asked Chris and I to help him create like a wonderful Valentine's Day party for Brooke. And oh, I, what year know, is this? Put a year to me for this. to me. 2003. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Y'all have known each other oh. almost 20 years. Yeah. And Brooke and I have been best friends well, since sure, yeah. grade. But I remember us like, doing this whole like lavish romantic thing for Brooke and me watching Chris and going, Oh, like, I really think I like him. 
and us not having any conversations. And Annie, it just gets funnier because Chris was still so guarded. But did I know he liked me at the time too? Oh, wow. Yeah. And so that summer he had to go, he was working at a um, camp called Kanakuk. He was on staff there and he left for Kanakuk. And I remember just feeling this like ache, like I miss him so much. Wow. He called me that first week and it's hilarious. But he said, Lindsay, like I came to camp and I saw all of these girls who were godly and fun and I missed you. Like I wanted to be with you. And so he asked me to be his girlfriend. Like we were in third grade over the, like over the phone or was this when he got back? Yes. It was over the phone. Oh, and it was the sweetest thing. But he said his big fear was, do I like Lindsay because we're the only two young adults in Cleburne or I like her because God has put her in my path. And so he really did love me. That's a very, I mean, I, dear single people, that's a great question. Do I like this person because there is no one else or would I like this person no matter what? I know. I know. Yeah. And that's so really cool. we got to tell the students when he got back and he proposed. Y'all told him y'all were boyfriend and girlfriend right away. Oh, like, well, so he got back from camp. We told the entire group that we were boyfriend and girlfriend. They all were like, you know, giddy and scream. They're like, we knew this was going to happen. And then literally two weeks later, Annie, he proposed to me. (gasps) Two weeks? Lindsay, why do I not know that? Wait, two weeks after he asked you to be, I mean, that man turned on a dime. No, two weeks after he got back from camp. So he was at camp for like three months. Got it. Okay. We tell the whole, you know, the whole youth group and they were ecstatic. He had never even spoken the words, I love you. He, we had never spoken about marriage. Nothing, Annie, nothing. Wow. And Jenny and him behind my back, Jenny Jenny knew someone in Austin. And so Chris and Jenny drove and picked out my wedding ring together. Oh. And three days before I got proposed to, I remember sitting down with him. And I'm not one of those people that was like, I'm not sure where we're going with this. No, like I never was like that. But I finally said, Chris, do you like me? Like, (laughs) (laughs) curious. And he goes, man, Lindsay, that must be really hard for you. And I was like, what? And he said at that moment, he was just laughing in his head because he knew he was going to propose to me three days later. Oh my gosh. Lindsay, did you ever hear, this is something my single friends ask me a lot, is like, how do you know when they're the one? Did you ever hear God say to you, Chris Wheeler is your husband? Like, did you know really clearly he was the guy you were going to marry before he proposed? I knew that that was a desire of mine. Yeah. But I think I grew up as a little girl. I never dreamed about a wedding. I never uh-huh. even dreamed about being a mom. I think I, I, I've struggled my whole life with self-esteem and self-worth and so I think I, I always was the girl, the guy's best girlfriend. Like yeah. I was that one that had 45 guys that I'm like so close to, but no one ever wanted to date me. Yeah. And well, so, you don't know that. You don't know that they wanted to date you. They just that's didn't. True. That's true. That's what I thought that. Yes, that's that, right. That's right. Yes. And so I think just the, the fact that like God brought Chris in my life when he did, and it yeah. was the most beautiful progression of this just godly friendship and us growing and seeing each other at our best and worst. Because when you're working with someone, you see it all. Yeah. And just, I got to fall in love with his heart. And of course, he's hilarious. And so that was an added bonus because I yeah. would love to have someone that's fun. Yeah. I don't think God necessarily was like, Lindsay, he is the one, but it was. Lindsay, take this next step, like Mm. test me. And so I kept taking the next right step and that landed in us getting married. And God was so kind and all of that because our life kind of, you know, it's been a hard last 15 years and Chris has been God's kindness to me. Mm. Yeah, because y'all's story really is one of that. From what I've experienced, I've known y'all for seven years. Yeah. Seven years of, uh, and you've been married how many? We have been married for 16 years, which oh is crazy. 
gosh. We said our marriage can drive, Annie. Yeah, that's right. (laughs) (laughs) That is a funny thing, though, Lindsay. Will you talk about this for a second? Because I think this is, I read this somewhere, and I just had this conversation with a friend last week, that when two people fall in love, or when they're starting a relationship, let's even back up. As soon as they start a relationship, something grows between them that that neither of them own. Yeah. Like this new thing grows between them. And as you continue to progress and get engaged and get married, and now it's been 16 years, there is you and there is Chris. And then there is y'all's relationship is this thing you both cultivate. Yes. And it has been a cultivation by fire. It, you know, look at each other and there is no one I'd rather be with Annie. Like he said, which he says this all the time, Lindsay, I'd rather be sitting on a couch next to you doing nothing than be anywhere else in the entire world. Yes. He says it all the time. He says it all the time. He tells everyone that. And I I know it's rare, Annie. I know that that is a gift to our family and to me personally, Mm. because a lot of other stuff in our life is so hard. And so I feel like God's kindness is Chris to me. Yeah. But it takes work. You know, we love counseling. Both of us are like yeah. huge proponent proponents of it. So Okay, so t- so tell us a little bit about was it did y'all start feeling like challenges before you adopted or I mean, of course you did. But like do you feel like your adoption story is where the baptism by fire really happened or was it before that? Yeah, so right after we got married, we had a decision to make. We had an offer to come to Nashville, Tennessee or an offer to go to Colorado Springs. And we ended up in Nashville. Yeah. So it was about five months after we got married. Okay. And so we get married in February and we moved to Nashville in September. The weekend we moved to Nashville, Annie, like my entire life got flipped upside down. We found out a lot of things about my family that have been hidden for my entire life. And so everything yeah. about my life, I started to question. So we went, you know, four or five months into marriage and I hit just an incredible rock bottom just with depression. And I barely even remember that year, Annie, like the Mm. first year of our marriage was not a honeymoon, like just happy go lucky. Like I'm in a new city with a new husband with no friends and I am dealing with just one traumatic thing after another coming up in my family. So I look back at that time though, and it really was the beginning of Chris and I going like, okay, like we're in this together and how are we going to fight this? Like, how are we going to stay one in the middle of just chaos? Man, I I would have to imagine so many people can connect with that feeling in the middle of a pandemic where suddenly tragedy strikes. I mean, we have a friend who's mom suddenly died last weekend and and you just go like yeah literally out of nowhere you can have a tragedy happen or a trauma occur and you you still have to manage that there is a person living in your house with you yes exactly yeah and what did you learn about chris in that i learned that he was the most reliable steadfast trustworthy kind yeah person I know. And, and I know that a lot of people say that, but I've gotten to watch him live that out for 16 years. And it's been one thing after the other. So I, is he perfect? No. Are you kidding? Like none of right, us. Are perfect. Right, right. But he has made it just his goal in life to just serve and love me like Jesus. And I always tell people he feels the most like Jesus to me is any person mm. and the way I get to watch him love our daughter feels yeah. like God loves us. Yeah. Okay. But then Lindsay, you know, that's part of your story. But then yeah. the other part is the story of you becoming a mom. Oh my gosh, Annie. It was insane. Yeah. So I tell think- us about Eliana and tell us that story. Cause I think yeah. people, uh, maybe people who follow you on bottle of tears on Facebook or on Instagram he- hear you often say, Hey, will you guys pray for us tonight? It's a bad night or pray for my daughter. And so there's a story there that I think people would really love to hear like where it started. Yeah. About 10th grade, I went on my first mission trip to Haiti and just fell in love with Haiti, with the kids that I got to work with. 
And then after that, got to go to another orphanage in Guatemala and continued going back to Guatemala with teams. I even went with just another few people to stay for a month there. Oh, wow. I fell in love with the country of Guatemala. And it, I why remember, didn't you move there? Oh, that's a good question. I was in college. <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, my parents were like, you will stay in college. <laughs> All right. That's right. Which is good. But I would go on this in the summers. And I remember rocking babies and tucking them in at night and praying and begging God, like, Lord, if it's in your will, would you please let me have a child from Guatemala? And mm. this is me in college. I had not dated anyone. I And I remember praying to God, please let my husband, if you have one for me, have the same heart for adoption and for Guatemala. Wow. And probably one of the first few weekends Chris and I hung out, I got to share with him all about Guatemala and it was really sweet, but we took a team down there to Guatemala to one of the orphanages that I've worked at. And Chris immediately fell in love with it. He was like gung ho. Like, I mean, I think he would have moved down there. Um, It just was not, you know, a part of our plan, but we fell in love with a little girl named Ziamara and we were not planning on becoming a parents at 27 years old. That's how old sure. we were then. But at the same time, we felt like God was calling us to Ziamara. So we started our home study. We had everything ready, you know, back in the States. We had, I always joke, we had 11 by 14 pictures of her all over our house. Like she was wild. Wow. And in a matter of two days, we got an email from the orphanage that, this little girl's mom was found and she had sold Ziamara on the black market and so was taken back to court and she was not going to be our child. And Annie, oh, wow. was the most devastating thing, Chris and I, I remember coming in and telling Chris, you know, reading him the email and him just laying on the floor, hysterical. And really? it was just the greatest loss. You know, it, mm. I say, I don't know what a miscarriage feels like. But it was this feeling that she was our daughter and she had been taken away from us. And so that was pretty devastating. And we walked that road for a while. In the meantime, God was so in all of that because we were completely ready for adoption for Guatemala. And Guatemala was about to shut their doors to adoption. And so, oh, wow. Yeah. And so, in a matter of a few days, this little girl's picture showed up. She looked like a little boy because she was wearing all blue and she was adorable. She had the sassiest face, which I should have known. Yeah, right, right. And I called and the agency said, Lindsay, how did you see that little girl's face? Like she is already being adopted by another family. Oh my gosh. And I remember getting off the phone and going, God, what are you doing here? Like, right. I didn't, I'm not even like, you know, desiring with all of my heart to be a mom, I'm just following your next steps. And it, we go through the weekend. I'm, you know, pretty just so I'm just sad and get through the weekend. The agency calls me back and said, you're not going to believe this, but this family backed out at the last minute. Are y'all still interested in the girl? And we were like, um, yes. So we flew to Guatemala in the next few days. Signed oh my gosh, the next few days you just have to oh. get a flight. Oh, Annie, because they were remember sh- when we used to fly places? Yeah. Oh, what that <laughs> Yeah, exactly. I mean, we, we flew down there. I'll never forget. They put us into this little apartment. They handed us this baby girl. She was three months old. And they were like, Bye, see you in a week. And Mm-mm. And they had like given us some food and this baby and she was covered in scabies. And they were like, see y'all later. And Chris and I looked at each other like, oh, okay. Like we are first time parents in a third world country. We do not speak. We have a baby that's sick. And what are we going to do? And it is, it was ended up being the most precious hard week ever. I mean, Chris rigged up every toy. We had no toys. So he like created, you know, all the craziest toys you could ever imagine out of things, items from the apartment. So the journey to Eliana was a long one. I ended up moving Mm -hmm. to Guatemala. I lived with her 
for four months before her adoption was finalized. And it was there in Guatemala that I realized that something was really off. She would be awake at all hours of the night, just not a normal typical baby schedule. Yeah, but she was such so little. Oh, she was tiny, Annie. And she would, you know, there were days she would sleep two to three hours. And like, that's a day. It was not like there were no naps. There were, it was nothing. She had ended up in the hospital very sick before I ended up moving down there. And so I have this precious little baby who is, has just constant pneumonia and bronchitis and doesn't sleep. And I remember being like, oh, okay, like, what do I do here? And so I was in a foreign country by myself because Chris had to work at home right? living with this little baby. And that was the beginning of our journey with Eliana, the one and only. That's what we call her. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And so she comes home and pretty quickly there's still, I mean, what can you, what do y'all know about what happened in those first few months that has led to, she's 12 now. Is that right? Yeah, she is 12. She'll I mean, literally I, every minute since I've known you, she's been in trauma. Yes. It has been one thing after the other. And I say, I love kind of that you have me on the motherhood episode. It makes me laugh because yeah. motherhood for me has looked so different than I thought it was going to look. And Mm -hmm. every day has been kind of a new grief. And it's been a road of constantly having to guard against comparison. And God, why is this my story? And why did you not choose to heal Eliana? And why are we walking this road? And you know, you see people in, of course, in Instagram and Facebook and their families are like, dressed up and going to parties and going to Target or like just playing fun family games. And that's not our story. Our story looks very different. And I think, you know, as when we first brought her home, doctors couldn't figure out what was going on. You know, I told you she wasn't sleeping. We went through about seven and a half years of her life of her sleeping, you know, three hours or less a night. Oh, and, my gosh. Oh, oh, Annie, it was insane. And Chris and I look back and we're like, how did we survive that? Right. And Chris always said, God gives us spiritual amnesia every single night because yeah. somehow we were able to wake up the next day and do it all over again. Knowing yeah. that at 9 or 10 p.m., Chris would be strapping Eliana in her car seat, driving around Franklin and Nashville, Tennessee for Four hours a night, Annie, sometimes begging, begging God to put her to sleep to she was so hyper vigilant at night. There was a real terror there. We don't know what happened the first year of life. Doctors have suspected, you know, that there was physical abuse and other things Mm -hmm. happening. There are three little areas of her brain that have damage to them. And so it has been a journey. She is one of the doctors at Vanderbilt said she is a medical mystery. I mean, we had really? studies. We had they had her on adult doses of Ambien at one point trying to get her to sleep and she would power through it, Annie. Like this little teeny 25 pound three or four year old could power through that. It was a very helpless feeling as a mom just to go. Yeah. I can't do anything about this. And yes. And in the middle of all of that, she started dealing with a lot of, you know, traumatic episodes and there we had hours and hours and days and days of rages. And also, I should we should tell people I love Eliana. Eliana and I are friends. Oh. Like <laughs> That's what I tell We're, people. Yeah. This is not her fault. Like she is Eliana at peace and at her core is literally y'all the most precious, hilarious, like just adorable child in the whole world. And yes. and then in a minute can flip on a dime. I mean, this summer when we were at Lost Valley Ranch and she won a, a, a trophy in the at the award show at the end. And she was so happy. I mean, like, oh. she's just the sweetest kid. Yeah. That being said, will you kind of describe when you say, can you tell us kind of what is a a bad day look like just to give people some idea of what a, 
what her traumatic rage can look like. Yeah. And a lot of people, I, I, I struggle sharing her story, Annie, because I know it's her story to share, but yeah. then at the same time, families that are going through what we're going through are doing it in silence. Yeah. And I remember telling this guy, um, Rocky, he was listening to my story and I said, I feel like God's given me this little tiny platform with adoptive families to share yeah. what goes on and that they're not alone. And he said, then you've got to shout it from the mountaintops, Lindsay. But there yeah. is fear. Yeah. I want people to love Eliana because she is the most lovable. And yeah. this is her fault. But day, there are days, Annie, that are literally just frightening. You know, it yeah. uh, can wake up and and things just, I say, all hell breaks loose. And it yeah. will be like that for the rest of the day. And there's parts of it that I don't share just because sure. it's super vulnerable and personal to me. But it has sure. been devastating. I mean, there yeah. have been more hours that Chris and I have held each other bawling, going, God, what? What do we do? And just yeah. this sense of, like, you just keep taking the next right step. And so that yeah. has been our last probably, you know, 12 years with Eliana's taking the next right step, a step. And also those little times that are fun, like really celebrating those things, you know, yeah. really like going all out. Like when she says to me, I love you, mom, like Annie, yeah. I could just like lay on the floor and ball. Cause I've heard that probably 10 times in my whole life of motherhood with her or yeah. when she holds my hand or Le belly laughs when she laughs yeah. like Chris said he feels like he's won an Olympic <laughs> yeah he's like yeah I did it so it's it's a constant changing you know every day we think oh we've got a handle on this trauma and then the next day something else happens and yeah. in this past year has been a year that um I I look at people that are going through the quarantine and it's hard and it's isolating and, and people that were already experiencing deep grief and pain mm -hmm. and then mm -hmm. land in the quarantine. Y'all, I get it. It is yeah. super painful because then you're just, it's like grief upon grief. And, yes. and so that has been our year. I feel like Chris says he feels like we've been in a year of wilderness and really oh goodness yes hey friends just interrupting this conversation with my friend Lindsay to tell you about one of our partners liquid iv you guys know you know how much i love liquid iv we drink it like crazy in the office one stick of liquid iv in 16 ounces of water hydrates you faster and more efficiently than water alone each serving provides as much hydration as two to three bottles of water plus vitamin c b3 b5 b6 and b12 if you're dehydrated try liquid iv it's the fastest most efficient way to stay hydrated i love it y'all know i love it Believe it or not, dehydration occurs actually daily in three out of four people, which leads to headaches and dizziness and fatigue and cramps. And it just, it's unending. Hydration is such a huge deal. Y'all know we care about that over here at That Sounds Fun. And to stay hydrated with water alone, you have to drink eight full ounces of glass of water a day, but Liquid IV will help you stay hydrated. It also really matters right now, you guys, because proper hydration can actually boost your immunity. And with the five essential vitamins in it, it is more vitamin C than an orange and as much potassium as a banana, you guys. It's made with clean ingredients, non-GMO, vegan, free of gluten, dairy, soy. It is just great. It's great. Currently, I'm having the acai flavor and I, I just love it. I can feel a difference the days that I'm drinking Liquid IV. I'm telling you, I wouldn't lie to you. Liquid IV is available nationwide at Target, Whole Foods, and Costco, or you can get 25% off when you go to liquidiv.com and use the code that sounds fun at checkout. That's $25 off anything you order when you use promo code that sounds fun at liquidiv.com. So get your better hydration today at liquidiv.com, promo code that sounds fun. And don't forget, they're also at Target, Whole Foods, or Costco. Okay, now back to the show with Lindsay. Tell me about your conversations with God, especially around motherhood, 
of your expectations not being met? Because that's a conversation I have to have with God too around motherhood. Yes. What is it like? What kind of things have you said to God over the years about what you expected motherhood to be like and what it has actually been? Yeah. I think I pictured motherhood as just I mean, I'm going to sound really naive, but just this easy, fun, like getting to like love on this little life. And yeah, and that has not been our story. And I think people like to hear stories that have a red bow on top that look, oh yeah, you know, and our story just doesn't have a red bow on top and probably this side of heaven, it never will. Mm-hmm. And so it's been this acceptance of this is a story God has for our family, um, an acceptance of like, he loves me no matter if I look like the mom that's making homemade bread and creating her own soap or, right. you know, like, cause that's the picture I look at. And then here I am yeah. laying on a couch going, God, how much longer, you know, with my child screaming in the background and, and he loves me just the same as that other mom. And do you get mad? Oh my gosh, Annie. I think, yes. I think for so long I was in just deep, deep sadness about it. And in November, I was able from a few of our good friends' generosity, I was able to go to onsite, which you yes. talked about. Yep. And I think onsite was the place where I recognized how truly angry. I was. Mm. And just mm-hmm. there was so much pain behind my sadness. And it was like, if I really went there with the anger, I think I was afraid I would just kind of lose control. Like I would just oh, wow. like yeah. angry, raging mom. And I couldn't be that because sure. I had to be the stronger, quieter, um, braver, patient mom with Eliana, like sure. yeah. put together for her. Right. So it was such a sweet week at onsite to go, Hey God, like why, like why? And to, to realize that he's okay with my questions, like he's okay with my anger and yeah. he gets it. And just to get to start to walk through that this year has been so sweet for my soul. Yeah. And, and the next layer of this is you also have Lyme disease. Yes. So I think and it's like, it's pretty advanced Lyme disease. It's not like, yeah, my body's a little sore. It's, there have been times where you've spent days and days in bed. Uh-huh. I yeah. think, you know, when we brought her home and all of the sleep stuff started and then the raging, and I remember my body getting sicker and sicker and going, I remember looking at Chris and saying, what in the world? I feel like I'm 80 years old in this body. I went from doctor to doctor. I told them my story. You know, they would look at me and say, you're depressed. You're a first time mom. And I remember being yeah, like, yeah. Oh, this is not just me being a first time mom. And then just continuing that journey of like dealing with unbelievable, just migrating pain all over my body. And um, just I, I call it debilitating fatigue. That's the only way to put it. Um, it's not just, hey, I've got fatigue. And there were days with Eliana raging that I was my body was so done. I'll never forget one day having to push the couch up against the front door. I was so just dead. Like I could not move. I could not lift my arms, but I had to push the couch up to the door so she didn't get out and I was asleep. So they were just really low dogs. Gosh, Lindsay. You're unable to get up out of bed, but to keep your raging daughter from leaving the house, you just push the couch up against it and lay on the couch up against the front door. Yes. And then you're going like, yes, that's when you go, where are you, God? Like, this is my life. Like, this isn't what I wanted. I wanted to be like helping Jenny with if gathering or like, (laughs) you know, like leading Bible studies or whatever. What happened is in the matter of like a year or two, our family became completely isolated. Like we were not Mm. even leave our house. And that has been the story of the last 12 years. And I feel like this year is a, God is calling me to somehow get out of that isolation, which is funny because then we end up in quarantine. Right. Um, right. I'm like, oh my God, like you're going to tell me to work on community and then I'm quarantined. But yeah, that's right. Um, but I remember there was this one weekend 
that I'm, I'm sure were you at the first if gathering? Yes. Being put on. So I was supposed to go and be with Brooke yep. and like celebrate this huge thing. You know, I'd worked with Jenny and Zach, so I loved them and was so excited. And Chris was like, you have to go. You have to. And I just, we had never been away from Eliana. So I booked yeah. the flight and Annie, I was so incredibly sick that weekend with all of my Lyme symptoms. I was bed bound. Yeah. I remember just laying on my bed, weeping and crying and going like, really, really God. Mm-hmm. And Chris saying like, you know, Lynn's maybe just open up your computer and try to watch it. Well, at first I'm like, mad about it. Cause I don't want to watch it. I want to be there, you know? Yeah. Yeah. But I opened my computer and one of the first things I remember Jenny saying, and I felt like she was looking through the screen to me and she said, have you disqualified yourself from the race? And she was like, wow. get back in and run your race. And at that moment, Annie, I felt like God said, Hey, Lindsay, you may not be able to leave your house right now, but God's not done with you and I'm not done with you. And I want you to love people from your house. And Mm. I'm sitting there bed bound, just going, God, how do, how do I do this? Like how I just had this sense that I made for more than just this sickness. I made for Mm. more than just surviving the day with Eliana. Right. There is more to this life. And I've always loved vintage bottles. I mean, yeah. I I love decorating. I love just beautiful old things. And the verse Psalm 56, 8 has always been one of my favorites. And it's, you know, you keep track of all my sorrows. You've collected all my tears in your bottle and you've recorded each one in your book. And mm. Annie, I couldn't have been further from a place where I should start a small business <laughs> Like I was really like, could not get to the bathroom. And I remember yelling to Chris in the next room and saying, Hey, Chris, I'm going to start a small business. And him being like, Well, okay, great. (laughs) About that. You know, in his mind, he's going, What? No, you cannot do this. And going on Instagram, starting an Instagram for Bottle of Tears, I had zero bottles. I hadn't. I had nothing. I went on Etsy, yeah. bought a $5 logo, and I said, I am going to bring bottles to people with this verse just wrapped up inside of it. I, Annie, I didn't know what I was doing. I still don't. I mean, I'm six yeah. years in and I'm still like, what? But I knew that this was the next right step. I knew I was supposed to do this. And that is how, you know, the birth of Bottle of Tears started. It was in my deepest, darkest moment when I thought my life was over. Like I felt like God, there were many days and, you know, I'd go to bed and say, God, just take me like I'm done Mm, and do this. Really? Oh, Annie, it was bad. And so, but then to get to start this journey of loving other people just from my house, it opened up, oh my gosh, a world of just perspective (laughs) that there is so much suffering all around. How do you, like, I just don't know how you handle all those sad stories because literally everyone who sends a bottle just about tells you the story of who they're sending it to and why. Yeah. And it's a bottle meant to say, we see you in your suffering. Yeah. Something very funny about me that you could ask Brooke from back when I was in seventh grade. I love people's stories. Like, yeah, sitting one-on-one with someone is like just heaven to me. You know, for Chris, my husband, he loves a stage. I love the one on Yeah. And so when I hear someone's stories, it energizes me. And honestly, that's what Bottle of Tears has done. And the second that I feel like, oh gosh, is this even important? Because I do it all by myself. So there are moments that I'm like, is what I'm doing, does this matter? And I'll receive an email from someone with just a crazy story about the bottle that was sent or how significant was on the day that it arrived on the person's porch. Cause I always say that you are suffering male is gold because it's this reminder that you're not alone, that you're not forgotten, that someone loves you. And I mean, I remember being stuck in my house and the time of day when I'd go get the mail, it was like, I didn't even care what the mail was. It was exciting just to be able to like, see if someone remembered me. 
And so there have been stories through Bottle of Tears that have just encouraged me in this journey to keep going. Man, Lindsay, like, are there stories that come to mind that have stood out to you? Oh my gosh, yes. The first one that happened was like super significant. A lot of my bottles are vintage. And so on a vintage bottle, it's etched, you know, different, like a pharmacy or a state where it came from. And this one bottle that I sent, a girl ordered an amber vintage bottle and I yeah. sent her an amber vintage bottle, but I selected one that was a Frank safe kidney and liver cure bottle. And I oh, wow. emailed back and her sister, Amber had passed away in a car crash and oh, she had donated her organs. And the only two that were used were the kidney and liver. And those were the <gasps> no way things on the bottle, Annie. And I just remember thinking, how cool is God? Like he is so in the details. I didn't know that. There's right. no reason I should have picked that out, but it was God. Right. And then one other time there was a girl that received two different bottles the same day, like two different orders came in for two the different person. friends sent her the same, like, it's both ordered her bottles. And I remember thinking, well, wow. this is really sad. Like I wish she would have these spread out. So, but I, mm -hmm. and I just was like, God, let these arrive and you know, whatever. And the girl messaged yeah. me and she said, Lindsay, we could not have a baby. And so we started the adoption process. We're in the process of adopting the precious little girl. And then in the meantime, got pregnant. So they were, they had two little girls and within a matter of five days, Annie, they lost the adoption fell through and they lost the baby. And she oh, said, God. God knew I didn't need just one bottle that day. I needed two. And I just, oh, thought, Lord, like you, how awesome is that? I mean, it's devastating, but it's so beautiful. And yes. I love that these things that they get, um, the bottles, it's just a tangible reminder that they're seen. Chris always says grief lasts longer than a casserole dish. And mm. a lot of times like we, you know, you go through grief and after a while people forget, but you're still suffering. And so this is something that they can look at long-term. Yeah. Lindsay, tell me about one of the things I love about being friends with you and something we talk a lot about here is prayer, but your prayer life is mm -hmm. constant. Mm -hmm. I mean, whether you're praying for your family or praying for me or your friends that you love or the people that you're sending bottles to, tell me, tell me why you think prayer matters. Gosh, it, for me, it is my only really lifeline. And there's a lot of days that with Lyme disease, my, I've told you. Cause you still have Lyme disease, right? You're still, you're not better. I'm struggling. Yeah. yeah. And so there are days that it has affected me neurologically where I do not feel quick, like in my thought process. And that's why I told yeah. you podcasts sometimes scare me because of that. You're doing great. sister. <laughs> but in that, like, there's a lot of times that my head hurts so bad. I can't read and mm. I can't memorize things like I used to. And so memorizing scripture or reading books, like that's super hard for me. And, so but it didn't used to be. Oh no, it didn't used to be all. I was, I loved all of that. And so yeah. that's been a loss, but I think that prayer is something that is, you know, available 24 seven. And I remember in the very beginning process of like us figuring out all of Eliana's stuff, I was up, you know, past midnight, you know, with her just screaming and I mean, hours upon hours of it. And I remember going, how can I look outside of our circumstances and ourself? And I started a little blog. I mean, it's, yeah. I don't even think it's on the internet anymore, but it was called Madrugada, which means after midnight. And wow. I just started asking people like, how can I pray for you after midnight? Because I'm going to be awake. And so just to mm. get to see God work in that. And so a lot of times my prayers, they're not eloquent necessarily at all because my brain isn't what it used to be, but there's a mm -hmm. lot of crying out to God for a lot of people. And yeah. it's what keeps me going. It's what keeps me like connected to Jesus because it would be so easy to despair. And there are days that I do, don't get me wrong, but like, it's the one thing that keeps me going. And you know, the song, like, I need you. Oh, I need you every hour. I need you. Yeah. I mean, that just is, that is like a constant prayer in my mind. And I was even singing that in my car as I drove over here to record the podcast because it is 
every hour I need him, like every hour, every minute. I always say, let's do this one day at a time, but y'all let's do this one minute at a time. Cause that's what that's right. is. Yeah. Lindsay, I guess, so I guess my follow-up would be, even though all your prayers haven't been answered the way you want them to be answered, do you feel like prayer has changed things for you and for the circumstances you're praying for? Yeah, I think so many times as especially like Americans, we pray, you know, when we're asking God for things like, but I think so many times we, we want God to answer the prayers on our own terms. Like we want Mm. him. I want, I mean, obviously I want him to heal my body. Like I want to be free of Lyme disease. I want Eliana to be able to live just a normal typical like childhood. I want her to have fun and to feel peace. And, and I don't want to live in an apartment (laughs) and I want to have a house and have a sweet future. But guess what? Like God is still God, even when those Mm. answers aren't what we want. And a lot of the, you know, things I beg God for haven't necessarily been answered the way I've wanted them, but I've seen so much fruit come even in the midst of the darkness. I mean, honestly, because of the darkness, so many things have been answered. Well, and you know this to be true, but I'll just say it to you here in front of everybody. When you pray for me, my life changes. Mm. And so I know your prayers affect things because something will shift in my life and I'll be like, Mm. I should maybe see what Lindsay's praying. (laughs) So Chris and I have a love for you, Annie. Like oh, nothing else. And I know we don't oh, no. know each other tons, but like we are praying for you tons and you are a Thanks. gift and a light to so many people. I love that your podcast is that sounds fun. And I yeah. was laughing driving over here. Cause I'm like, my story does not sound fun, but I love that. Like you go to the hard places, but there's still joy, even in the heartache, you know? Yeah. That's our family verse is. Yeah, I wanted you to say that. Say your family verse. Yeah, our family verse is Proverbs 14, 13. Even in laughter, the heart may ache and the end of joy may be grief. And I remember telling someone and they were like, well, that is so depressing. And I'm like, no, that's real. Like, that's our life. Like one second, we will be laughing our heads off together. And the next second, we will be bawling and asking God, like, how much longer and that's how we've made it. Like we've made it through laughter. Um, we've made it through just taking the next step and forgiving and loving and moving forward. Yeah. I just think y'all, you actually taught me that verse as well. I had never read that verse before. Shocking no one who knows me that I didn't want to read a verse about sadness. But <laughs> it has become such a... Um, it has become kind of a banner verse for me too to help understand that you can hold joy and sadness at the yeah. same time. Yes. And the coexisting of joy and grief is, I feel like the banner over our family and it, Mm. it's beautiful and I wouldn't have it any other way. And that's hard to say because life is hard, but at the same time, like I look back and I would never have started a ministry to send out gifts to people that are grieving and suffering. If my life was easy, never, you know? And so God has done beautiful things because of the path that our family's on. Yeah. And I just think there's so many people who who are grieving this Mother's Day. I think about my friend Luke Norsworthy who lost his mom last week mm-hmm. or other friends who have had a hard year. Yeah. Maybe people who've had miscarriages or people who have lost a child, God forbid, or people who, who are just hurting this year, moms who are hurting. Yeah. They're people that have you know, like you said, lost a child or long for a child, or there are a lot of parents with wayward kids that like, they have really strained relationships in their families and, you know, or you've lost your mother, um, like you said. So there's just a lot of grief that happens on a holiday. Yeah. And so I want to just say to I want you to answer this publicly because I know my friends on the other side, A, I know they're in love with you. And B, I know that they want to order a bottle for Bottle of Tears. And C, I know that there are some of them thinking, 
oh no, if we all order bottles of tears from Lindsay, are we going to smash her company? <laughs> like, are we going to yeah. run her into the ground? Are you going to be okay yes. if all my friends order bottles and send yeah. them for to themselves, their earrings, whatever they order? Yeah. Are you sure you're okay if we really tell people that there's a coupon code and that they can order from you today? Yes, I would love it. Because okay. my whole goal for this is we have a lot of expenses with Eliana's like therapies and schooling. And that's the heart behind bottle of tears from the beginning was for me to be able to help pay for that, but also to help as many grieving people as possible. So I would just be honored for y'all to shop at bottle of tears. Okay. And Lindsay, if it gets nuts down there I'll, and I'll, down there in Franklin, just call me, I'll put on a mask and gloves and I can, I can bottle up bottle of tears. I can help you print out labels because I mean, you are a, you're a mom and pop shop down there. Yes, I am like, yes, I am. It's just me. Just me. Yeah. So it's a mom shop. <laughs> mom shop. So order may take but, a few days to ship out. So just be patient, but just yeah. know that it's like every package that goes out, I pray over each order and I love that on the order, you get to leave a, a gift message to the person. And I love getting to read everyone's messages of comfort to their friends and family. Like it's super, um, I feel like I have this special, like I get to be behind the scenes of watching people love like a grieving world. And it's so beautiful. Yeah. Well, you are really good at loving people. And so it doesn't surprise me at all that the Lord invited you to a ministry that is all about loving people and their pain. Mm -hmm. It is just, it is, you are such a gift, Lindsay, to your friends and to the world. And I'm just really thankful. Thank you. Okay, Lindsay, the thing we didn't get to talk about, for starters, Chris and I met, the reason you and I are even friends is Chris and I were on a speaking tour together in 2011 or 12. Yes. Yeah, forever ago. So that, so, and one of my favorite things about you and Chris is when y'all sit on the porch Yep. And you are Pappy and ma and Mama? Mamsie. Mamsie. Pappy and Mamsie. Chris is okay, so literally an 85-year-old man in a 41-year-old body. Like, yes. Okay. We're going to talk about that on YouTube. Oh. Save that story. We've got to go tell that story on YouTube Perfect. because I want people to see your face when you talk about how hilarious okay. you guys are when you're telling stories on the porch. Oh, so we'll talk, about, we'll talk about Chris's characters he plays yeah. when we get on YouTube. But for the last question we always ask here... The question is, because the show is called That Sounds Fun, tell me what you do for fun. Oh, Annie, that's a tough one. I said, I think that I love decorating, which is hilarious. Yeah. But, like we live in a 950 square foot apartment. So I love to like go on anthropology.com and yeah. I will pick out things and just put it in a um, shopping bag and never buy it. But like I'll just <laughs> watch things for, you know, I'll track something for a year until it's 50% off the final sale. And it's like my favorite thing in the world to do. That is impressive, Lindsay. Yeah. I would love, in my, yeah. In the next 10 years, like what if I became, I would love to help people design their houses. Yeah. Anyway. Yep. Wow. Okay. Why don't you just build us some Pinterest boards of things we should be doing in our houses? Oh my gosh. I would love that. That's a good idea. Okay. That'd be fun. All right, friend. Love you. Thank you so much. Oh, what we didn't say, you are too generous and you made a little coupon code if anybody wants to send a bottle today. Yeah. So go on bottleoftears.com and you can use the code that sounds fun 10 to get 10% off any of your orders. You're really kind. So that sounds fun one zero for 10% off. Yep. Love you. Oh, I love you. Thank okay. you for doing this. Yes. Bye. Friends, oh my gosh, don't you love her? Isn't her story gracious? It's just incredible. Their perseverance, their love, their kindness, their long suffering. I just could not be more grateful, not just for Lindsay's life, but for how Lindsay has turned her own personal pain and disappointment into gifts for others. So if you would like to go to bottleoftears.com, as Lindsay said, the code is that sounds fun 10. That sounds fun one zero and get 10% off your order. What a great thing to send to any of your friends who are mourning a loss this Mother's Day week. And what a way to step in with someone who is hurting. So bottleoftears.com. Again, that's that sounds fun 10. And you can follow Lindsay at Bottle of Tears. And on Instagram, tell her thanks for being on the show, how much it means to you and how much her story has blessed you. Let's just like 
confetti bomb her day with love today and tell her how grateful we are that even in the midst of her pain and suffering and sadness and joys, she joined us. I'm just so grateful. If you need anything else from me, you know I'm embarrassingly easy to find. Annie F. Downs all over the place. Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, my house, and a little bit my office this week. If you need anything, that's how you can find me. And I think that's it for me today, friends. Go out or stay in and do something that sounds fun to you, and we will do the same. And we will see you back here on Thursday with another mom I love and adore, Jenny Lesko. Can't wait for y'all to hear that one. We'll see you back here on Thursday.